Welcome to Discover Grace Podcast, a podcast made for finding God's grace in a disgraceful world. Youth pastors Garrett Lamb and Dalton Dickerson will be discussing practical truths and convicting topics from God's Word. Join us in striving together to build a stronger love for God and love for others. Welcome to Discover Grace Podcast. It's good to be on here with you. Uh, we got a great podcast planned for you today, and uh, I'm privileged and honored to have my friend, Brother Shannon Lamont. He's a director of the Bible Literature Missionary Foundation and uh, printing the scriptures out and, and sending out free of charge to the whole world. They already have sent out 800,000 Bibles to Ukraine, and I'm so happy to have Brother Shannon on and, and someone that knows the Bible, knows the printing ministry, and uh, his family uh, has a legacy of, of working with the Bible. Uh, and, and sending it out to people across the world. So, Brother Shannon, good to have you on here. How long has the Bible and Literature Missionary Foundation been around? Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this September, we'll be celebrating 55 years of printing the Word of God. Amen. Wow, 55 years. And uh, we have the privilege here at our church to, to have that base out of our um, our church here, and every year we have an annual conference, and it's October 16th to the 18th. Uh, it's our scripture conference. I'd love to invite anyone out there, like to be a part of it, hear more about the ministry involved there. But today we're just going to hop right into the podcast, and, and we're going to be asking some questions. We're going to be talking about the King James Version versus other translations or other versions. And in the day we live in, Garrett, I mean, there's a lot of confusion. I think there's some ignorance among people that, that maybe just don't understand the issue or maybe... They just don't know any better, but there are some out there who are beginning to turn their back on the King James Bible. And so that's why we have this podcast and this episode here today. But Brother Shannon, kind of the first question we want to start off with as we kind of inter interview you on this topic is, uh, what's the difference in the King James Version today that we have you know, here on my desk and the 1611 King James Version when it first came out? Well, that's a good question. But there is some differences between the King James Bible today and the one that was printed in 1611. But the differences is not the text itself. The mm -hmm. translators that translated it between 1604 and 1611, uh, we still have the same text today that the one that you hold in your hand right now. It's mm -hmm. the same text. But you will notice some difference about them, different spellings. They say that there was over 30 thousand corrections that were made between 1611 to the one that we hold today. Hmm. But when I say corrections, that's just a simple term, not changes, but corrections. They were made in punctuations. They were made in grammar. They were made in spellings. Spelling wasn't even standardized at 1611. It was hmm. years later than when it was, because there were multiple ways to spell one word like son. S-O-N, S-O-N-N, S-O-N-E. So oh, okay. you had to come up with a standardized spelling process during that. And so that's included in those 30,000 corrections. Hmm. And also anyone that knows anything in the printing ministry, in the printing industry, there's always typos when you take something to press. Mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. they have mistakes that have to be corrected. For instance, one of your editions read, "Thou shalt commit adultery." <laughs> after nearly, after nearly one thousand editions, wow. not revisions were, were printed. 
you come up with the 1762 and the 1769 Blaney edition. So uh, we finally have it complete, corrected, and all the way up to where we hold today. There's uh, the 1611 edition, the first printing, in verse 315, it says, and they laid upon her barley and he went into the city. So you can just see all the corrections that had to be made throughout from 1611 to what it was in 1769. Hmm. So not not really errors, right? Just more of corrections and, and fixing some things, small things there, right? Absolutely. The the scholars want you to think that there was problems, but there wasn't. Uh, it's just had to come up through a purification and a standardization process. None of the text was ever changed from 1611 to what we use today. Same text. That's why I'm confident when they say, hey, you don't use the 1611. I say mm-hmm. I do. It's Amen. just been been through a purification process. Yeah. And, and Gary, I don't know if you've been there, but I've had some people say, you don't hold the same Bible that they made in 1611. And that was a good response for the Shannon. Um, and I mean, I mean, when someone says there's 30,000 corrections that, that have happened again, at first glance, you know, first thought, man, you know, you know, what, what could they possibly have changed? But thank you for clarifying that. And we'll go on to the next question. We have a few, a few on here. We want to ask you for the Shannon, but um, would be a good response to someone uh, that maybe says, um, if if a Bible version has a gospel, uh, isn't that just good enough? Isn't that good enough to have a Bible that preaches salvation through Jesus Christ? I've, I've been asked that question several times uh, with uh, studying and all that that I've done. And this is this is what I've come to the conclusion. The death, burial, and resurrection can possibly be found in all, not all, but other versions. In some cases, other versions are missing the death, burial, and resurrection. Hmm. But there are going to be issues such in the case of many versions take away the deity of Christ. <clears throat> in most of your versions, you'll read a young maiden referring to Mary, hmm. the mother of Jesus, as opposed to the King James Version definition of a virgin. Oh wow! If Jesus was not born of a virgin, you've got a problem with your salvation. Yeah. Also, other translations take away the blood atonement necessary for the forgiveness of sins. Then there's an issue with growth after salvation. Do you want new believers using a pure Bible or a version from the text that has been tampered with and has been changed? Hmm. Have you ever heard the term good enough? (laughs) I'm sure thankful that God did not use that term when he promised to preserve his word yeah Yeah, he gives us his best in everything he gives us the best in every position and every part of his his creative being including his holy word which is for the english-speaking people the king james bible so while it is possible to find the gospel in other bible versions it is in no way good enough when we have the perfect word of God that needs no substitute in the King James Bible. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard, you know, being good enough uh, when it comes to Bible versions. And I think something that amongst preachers for the Shannon, it's, it's great to finally get to talk to you and and kind of pick your brain. Um, But I've, I've heard there's many modern day preachers that will take the Bible and they'll take all their versions and they'll say in my study, I use 
all these different versions and I pick and, and choose from different translations uh, and different versions, what I like. And I'll add that to my study from my messages, my sermons. So why is it so important for a believer uh, to believe in, in one Bible? Uh, of course, being the King James we're talking about, but why is that such an important aspect to to believe in just one Bible? Well, thank you, Brother Garrett. Uh, when I got married in 2005, I sat down with my wife. We were blessed to be raised in Victory Baptist Church, mm-hmm. a solid church. I mean, Brother Tedder, he didn't cut uh, he didn't cut any corners. He he preached it straight. But when we got married, I sat down and I asked my wife, I said, why do we believe what we believe? Is mm-hmm. it because the pastor preached it or is it because we actually have convictions about it? Mm-hmm. So we started studying, viewing documentaries and giving interviews for myself, talking to people. And I am completely convinced that the real issue with the Bible version debate is not that they just want to accept everything. It's faith. Because it's crucial to believe God wrote only one book, that there has to be one correct text passed down through generations of the custodians of the scripture, which is the local church. Because of what diminishes in the lives of those who do not believe that God wrote one book, because those who believe God is capable of of preserving the scriptures are statistically those who read and study the King James Bible. We are called King James only people as labeled for those who use only the King James version. But we have complete trust in the accuracy of the scriptures. We believe God did what he said he would do and carried it out. But you will not hear us question whether or not the Bible is correct or from God. But however, you will see or hear other people that use these other versions. They will use multiple versions. They will seem to question if they have obtained the complete true word of God. They say things like, well, we think this is the best copy we have access to. Then when a new translation hits the shelf, those Mm -hmm. same critics now finally, we have a better translation. (laughs) that They still use about 10 different (laughs) translations in their own personal Bible study. Mm -hmm. Yet they... But the real problem or the real reason the Lord gave us verses about his ability to inspire and preserve his word, it is important to have faith because without faith, it is impossible to please him. We have faith in the gift of salvation. We have faith that he created the universe. So why is it so hard for us to have faith that the same almighty, intelligent God that said he would can preserve his holy word for all generations. And that, that was a great answer. And uh, I, I believe that I came to the same conclusion that Shannon, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, pastor's home, great church. Um, my dad was a, a, he's a, he's a great man, still a pastor and went to a Christian school. Um, the pastor there and the administrator there, again, just very faithful people. Uh, but there came a point where I had to come to a conclusion myself. I mean, it had uh-huh. to be something that I believed and not something that other people believed, but it, it became something that, that was a part of me and my faith. 
Yes, um, sir. So coming to the conclusion that the King James Version was the Word of God, what did that process look like for you? And what were some key points in your life that that made you sit down and say, you know, I need to figure out where I stand on this issue and, and why I believe this? Well, uh, I mentioned when me and my wife got married, mm-hmm. I wanted to know because I didn't want to be one of those guys that waver on every direction. Uh, you know, something comes by or somebody comes on and say, hey, you ought to try this or you ought to look into this or you ought to visit that. I've never been one of those because I don't want my family to be like confused. I don't want myself mm-hmm. to be confused. So that's why I wanted to know the truth. Uh, I, I love Brother Tedder, but, and I believed him, but I wanted to make sure that's what I believed and not just what he said. Yeah. Uh, I love Brother Lloyd, uh, uh, but I wanted to know what I believed. So we studied that, and we come down with just the foundation of why we believed it. But I was given the opportunity. Uh, I just finished my doctorate's degree, mm-hmm. and I had to write a thesis. And uh, so uh, the college professor asked me, said, what would you write your thesis on? And so I asked him, I said, would you mind if I write it on the providential preservation and publication of the word of God? And he said, man, that's a great subject. So I'm for the last three years, I've read every book that I could possibly read. I've even read some from people that I don't agree with. But uh, there's always that philosophy, spit out, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. And I've always disagreed with that. And I tell people, don't do that unless you know where you stand. Mm-hmm. If you can be altered in some way, that, that's not for you. Stay with what you know and stay with what you believe. Because uh, today's time, we've got too many people falling away because somebody they trusted or somebody um, try this. Mm-hmm. But. But we we started studying this at a high rate, trying to get this done. And so we learned so much more than we've ever learned. Because one of the key points that helped me with this is I was in a bookstore. And I walked in and I was sitting there looking for a study King James Bible. And I heard somebody asked one of the workers in the bookstore, saying, hey, uh, there's so many English versions out there. How do I know which one to use? And I just listened, and the, the worker said, well, we sell a lot of these NIVs. And so I waited till they left, and I went over there, and I asked the, the lady that asked that. I said, can I, uh, can I talk to you for a second? And I, I spent a few minutes with them of why I believe the King James Bible. But there's so many issues that are coming up today that people don't understand. You see, the bookstores and the Amazon shopping carts are not going to inform you why you try to decipher through all the available English options. Mm-hmm. So we've been on this journey, and we spent every evening there at our early stages, and we've spent the last three years trying to settle this this matter of what Bible and why we believe this. And what what happened was, is after I graduated with my doctorate, I had a pastor friend of mine call me, and he said, Brother Lamont, would you like a a Bible museum? I said, what do you mean? He, He explained it to me, and I said, boy, would I ever. And so 
he he came down and if you've never been to this ministry you've got to come check out our biblical heritage exhibit it's it's phenomenal mm-hmm. that it's just an amazing way to see from ancient texts all the way to the king james bible the history of the english bible but one of the first red flags that was when i started studying these things mm-hmm. is there's there's three major red flags and let's set the King James aside for just a second and just look at the other line of scriptures. The first red flag was Origen. Origen is a philosopher in the first century after Christ who believed God spoke in riddles. Origen thought it was his job to answer those riddles and rewrite the scriptures to answer those questions. So he purposely created a revision of the scriptures and around the year 250 A.D. with changes that corrupted the words and doctrines that would in turn create confusion for centuries to come. So you've got that one. The second red flag was the Catholic Church. I don't know too many people I hang out with that would accept anything that the Catholic Church had dealings with. Yeah. They, who, the Catholic Church claims to have preserved the Vaticanus and the Zionaticus, which degree from e- disagree from each other 70% of the time. And these are the texts that are used for the basics translations in the minority text from every other English Bible from the King James Bible. See, the English King James Bible was the last of its kind. It was the only one translated from the Antioch and line and every other English Bible was translated from these Catholic origin translations of the what they claim to be from the Word of God. These are the same people who murdered believers from standing against their lies, indulgence, penances, the same people who made it illegal for you to own or quote any scriptures in any other language than Latin. They basically would say, you can't understand the Bible, so we will tell you what the Bible says. Hmm. I don't want my English Bible translated from a text taken care of by the Catholic Church. Yeah. In yeah. fact, it was the Protestant Martin Luther who noticed while reading a copy of Erasmus Greek Latin Parallel New Testament that the word repentance was in the original word language as opposed to the word penance changed by the Catholic Bible. Hmm. You've got the origin, you've got the Catholic Church, and the final flag that kind of done me in was the obvious one. If you've ever studied anything about the English Bible, you've got to come across two people named Westcott and Hort. Yeah, yeah. These men were no pastor. These, these men, I don't know a pastor that would have them in their pulpits today. <laughs> yeah. Westcott denied the bodily resurrection of Christ. They questioned a literal hell, the blood atonement of sins, and the return of Christ, but they enjoyed Greek mythology and Darwinism. Hmm. Hort possibly sent his own son to hell by assuring him that his infant baptism guaranteed him a ticket to heaven. Of course, they did not believe heaven was a real place, but a state of mind and strongly agreed with the idea of purgatory. So with their 1881 Greek New Testament, Westcott and Hort were responsible for the greatest trickery in textual criticism. They replaced the universal text of the authorized version with the local text of Egypt and the Roman Catholic Church.
So these corrupt texts are the basis for every other English Bible since the King James Version. And I love what D.L. Moody said. He said the best way to show that a stick is crooked is not to argue about it or to spend time denouncing it, but to lay a straight stick alongside it. When one researches and studies how the hand of God moved in the translation of the King James Bible, it would be convincing them on their own. Yeah, man. Listeners, if uh, you didn't write any of that down, I would encourage you to rewind and write some things down. I, I wrote some things down myself and, and learning along the way. And, uh, you know, I love what you said when, when Dalton asked you about a Bible being good enough. You know, it, the Bible tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration, but it is profitable for doctrine. And I believe that a lot of people get a little bit caught up in in some different doctrine because of some of these Bible versions. And what better way for Satan to get a Christian off track is to mess up their doctrine. You know, even if they are saved and they have the gospel and doctrine is important and, you know, the, the doctrine of sanctification or even talking about Jesus's deity, as we, we mentioned before, those are so important to the Christian life to know where yes, you stand sir. and why you stand there. And thank you very much for, for, you know, clarifying all that about coming to the conclusion and, and why we believe in our King James Bible. I, I believe we have time for, for one other question, Dalton, go ahead and ask that too. Yeah, I'll try to make this quick. And I'll ask two questions. One of them was unscripted, but here in a second, after I ask you this question, could you maybe think of some books, if there's a listener out there, maybe, and he, and he would like to learn a little bit more about the heritage uh, of the mm-hmm. Bible and, and the King James uh, writers. If, th- if there's a book out there, Brother Shannon, that you can think of, uh, do you mind sharing that with us here in a second? Um, and, and maybe at the end of the podcast, we can we can mention that. Uh, but last question for today, uh, and thank you again, listeners, for being on here. And I hope this was a help to you. But today, if you look around, why do you think, Brother Shannon, that why do you think the the other versions of the Bible are becoming becoming so popular in churches today, and, and not just churches, you know, that are not Baptist, but churches that we would go to, and independent Baptist church. Why do you think this is kind of creeping in there and now becoming something more common? Well, that's a great question. Well, it's definitely got to be the great imitator, Satan himself, because my Bible says God's not the author of confusion. Yeah. And I believe, truthfully, most people just don't know the facts. They have not been informed or studied the history of the English Bible for themselves. However, in some cases, other versions may provide a less convincing message to keep attendance numbers high. Hmm. Publishers have also worked so hard to market their 3,100 flavors of translations. When the Lord returns, he says, will he find faith on the earth? My Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hmm. Satan knew what buttons to push. He had been pushing it since the Garden of Eden. He says, hath God said? Yeah. All Satan was trying to do was question what God had said. He put doubt into Eve's mind because of what he had said. Hath, hath God said? Did you really hear him right? Did, did he really mean what he said? What you think he said? So with that question, hath God said, 
when the pastor constantly questions the accuracy of the scriptures from the pulpit, the church will always follow his leadership in doubt and in search of the newest translation that he promised. Finally, we have a better English translation. Yeah, that's that's good. I think again, I think it's 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 the devil who is deceiving. And that's something to be paying attention to. And Brother Shannon, as we kind of wrap up the podcast today, thank you for being on here. Can you, I don't know if you had time to think about that on, on the spot, but are there a couple of books or a book you that you'd recommend that was a big help to you while writing your thesis that you'd recommend to a listener? Uh, if, if they would like to take a, I guess, a deeper study on the topic here. There's there's a couple that come to my mind that I really enjoyed. It really helped me. And one of them is not, written by an independent Baptist, uh, you know, brethren. It's called uh, Let It Go Among the People. Hmm. A history of it, uh, man, is phenomenal that Henry VIII uh, burned William Tyndale at the stake. But Miles Coverdale came along and published the first Bible, the whole Bible, into English. And uh, when it was given to Henry VIII after his divorce of Catherine of Aragon, he made this statement, if there be no heresy in it, let it go among the people. Hmm. It's a phenomenal, just a little, it's a, it's a big book, but it's not very thick. It's a, it's a good read. It, it helped me understand some of the major history of the English Bible going through William Tyndale, Miles Coverdale, John Rogers, the Great Bible, the, the, Geneva Bible, the Bishop's Bible, and finally the King James Bible in the seven major translations. Hmm. Uh, there's also a man by the name of Dr. David Brown. He wrote a phenomenal history research uh, on the book of the history of the Bible. Uh, he's, a, he's a pastor in uh, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, and uh, he's he's stepping down to go on the road to just try to bring some people back to the King James Bible. Phenomenal mm. book he, he put together. Then uh then there's there's just some there's some a book uh I really like that brought out some of the martyrs of the Bible. It's uh written by a man that goes to Landmark Baptist in uh Haines City, Florida. That I can't think of the exact name, uh, but it's just a small read. Uh, uh yes, it's purified seven times. That's the name of the book. And uh, I would highly recommend all three of those. Uh, great reads. I would amen. definitely, you know, amen that. And those are some books I'll be checking out for sure. Yeah. And, uh, but Shannon, thank you so much for, for taking the time uh, for, you know, taking a little bit of, of a busy schedule. You know, I know you have and, and spending the time talking to our listeners about the King James Bible and, um, I know the Lord, Lord's blessing your ministry and I'm glad that, you know, I get to get to know you a little bit here on the podcast, but thank you so much for, for taking the time to be on here. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. Well, listeners, we, uh, we appreciate you being on here and hopefully that was a help to you. I know it was to me and yeah. Dalton, I'm sure it was for you too, but, uh, unfortunately we're out of time. And so, uh, hopefully we'll get to catch you guys next time on the podcast. Uh, go back and listen to any of the ones you haven't caught in our season uh, verses 
and uh, I re-listen. And, and even on this podcast, there's some areas that myself, I'm going to go back and listen mm-hmm. and really write some notes down and, and make sure that I know where I'm, I'm standing on this subject and know that that uh, I'm prepared and ready to go. When someone has a question for me, I can give them a straight answer. And so we appreciate you guys listening and hope you have a great day in Jesus.